0: Welcome to Coaches on a Mission. I'm Dallas Travers, and I am really glad you're here because today is the day that you and I finally go and launch that YouTube channel we've both been thinking about for years. My guest is Malaysia Johnson. Her superpower is helping creators build a life they really want and helping entrepreneurs become known on YouTube. So Malaysia and I got right down to business because selfishly, I've always dreamed of being one of those coaches with a beautiful weekly long-form YouTube series. It's shot in HD. I've got a big production crew, all of the bells and whistles, which is precisely why I don't really have a YouTube channel to speak of, but Malaysia breaks the process into tangible steps and she's also just really good at tackling the mindset crap that blocks us from being more visible. So even if you're not interested in being a YouTuber you're going to love this interview because Malaysia's insights they apply no matter what platform you want to really put yourself out on. So with that let's dive into it. Here's Malaysia Johnson. Asia, welcome to Coaches on a Mission.
1: Hi, thank you for having me here.
0: We were joking beforehand that I think this is our fourth or fifth attempt at getting this interview done. You had tech problems. I had tech problems, but we are here. It is happening and I know it will be well worth the wait. So thanks again for being here. The reason I wanted to invite you on the show was really twofold. Number one, you are a YouTube expert and I want to know what wisdom you can pass on to our audience to help those coaches who feel nervous about whether or not having a YouTube channel is worthwhile to help them get started and then also really to hear f- from you some of the mindset that's necessary around visibility because one thing i think a lot of our wi- our listeners share is Mm, trepidation around consistently being visible. And you are someone who's really good at that. So if it's okay with you, I'd love to just dive right in. Yes, sounds perfect. Okay. So, can you walk us through some of the main reasons why a coach or an online business owner should consider launching a YouTube channel?
1: Yeah, for one, YouTube is the second highest search engine, and it's owned by the first highest search engine, Google. So, it's a really, really good platform for getting in front of people. And I feel like a lot of people hesitate on it because it is also difficult if you don't know what you're getting into, but it doesn't have to be. And another reason why. I go for YouTube when it comes to online coaching is you can attract clients a lot easier through having an arsenal of videos and sharing your expertise. Can you talk a little bit more about that? So what do you think
0: makes it easier when you have an arsenal of videos?
1: So when I started my business, you know how you get your testimonials together, you have people in your DMs asking questions. I found it a lot easier to Convert because if someone had a question for me to pick my brain, I would have a YouTube video already on that topic. And um, because YouTube is a culture of binging, they'd find that video, watch the rest of my videos. Not know, like, and trust is established a lot faster than them having to see my stories on Instagram for a while. It's just like automatic. They feel like they know me, which leads to a sell a lot faster.
0: Right. That makes so much sense. Actually, you and I, before we started recording, you asked me why I started this podcast. And it sounds like it's the same reason. So I started this show because I know the power of experiential marketing. When you hear me in action, you're just going to trust me more. You're going to really understand the value of my work much more than me trying to tell you the value of my work. But I didn't think about the... Like this customer service aspect to this as well. So, if someone has a question, instead of giving a short answer in the DMs, you can actually direct them to a very in depth answer where they're set up to then go and have more questions answered just uh, by the nature of your YouTube channel. That's super smart.
1: Yeah, it's super helpful <laughs> because, you know, I see a lot of coaches stepping in and, you know, doing many trainings in your stories. It could get exhausting after like, doing it for a while, having to like hop on and then do those trainings and then they disappear in 24 hours. So why not take it somewhere where it's evergreen and you can get more visibility?
0: Yeah, it's super smart. So you mentioned something which was it can be overwhelming or it's a lot of work if you don't know what you're getting into. Could you just like intro level, (laughs) stick your toes in the shallow end of the pool. What are some getting started steps for a coach who wants to create a YouTube channel? I'm asking for a friend, Malaysia, and that friend is actually myself. So (laughs) help
1: me. No problem. (laughs) I'm on it too. So like first I would look into why you want to start a YouTube channel. It's really important to make sure you're going onto YouTube for the right reasons because a lot of people are discouraged by YouTube because it does take a little bit longer to grow. And if that's Uh, your main reason, it can lead to just like giving up. You have to go in knowing like what you're gonna make the content on. So you kind of are more connected to that mission and that content versus like growing fast because most times for most people, it's not like a fast process if you're starting from scratch. And I would look into like... You're limiting, like what is stopping you from starting? Because I often, a lot of people I meet has either always wanted to start a YouTube channel, have started their YouTube channel, are thinking about starting. So I'd look into like, what is stopping you? Is it really a factor that is going to be in the way long term? Or is it something that is more of a self-limiting belief or fear? Did you have a limiting belief or fear? Was there something that stopped you from launching
0: your YouTube channel or... was that a simple decision for you to make?
1: Yeah, I had a few things. I noticed (laughs) that I said that I didn't have the perfect camera. So I started in high school. I used my school camera and it was perfect, but then I felt ugly on camera. I remember complaining to my video teacher about how I looked and it was just all kind of things that I could move past, but I was like using external things. To kind of cover up what it was going on inside. So I was like, you know, I don't have the right camera. I don't look good on camera. But in reality, like to cover that up, I was saying, oh, you know, it's just like not the right time. Maybe when I'm like better on camera and you just got to dive right in. So was there a process you took yourself
0: through to overcome those
1: fears Yes, I'm going to share a few things you can do if you're also on thinking about starting a YouTube channel for the listeners yes. out there. So first thing I would look into is dissecting and identifying your limiting beliefs versus like facts. Is it because you really don't have anything to film with or is it because you feel like what you have to film with isn't good enough? The mm-hmm. second one is limiting belief. The first one is actually a fact. And th- then you can look at if something can be done. Most times when I work with people, it's usually a self-limiting belief. Like, yeah. I just don't have enough time. I just don't think I look good on camera. So really look at what the reasons are and dissect if it's fact or if it's just like something that's limiting you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I would look into tracing where those limiting beliefs come from. So for me, I had a limiting belief that, you know, I was really ugly on camera <laughs> And no matter how much my friends talked me into doing it, I was like, no, I just can't do it. And I looked at it and I dissected it. And I was bullied in middle school and I was called ugly in middle school. So being in front of a camera just kind of highlighted all my insecurities and just reminded me of like not being like the middle school. I just assumed that I wasn't going to be liked on YouTube. And once I got to dissect that, I then rewrote that. And I started to tell myself otherwise, you know, I had to make an effort To feel beautiful and look beautiful. And I had to like tell myself I'm beautiful. So once you figure out those limiting beliefs and you, you know, dissect them with fact and everything, I would look into like rewriting those limiting beliefs. Clients that I work with, their limiting beliefs are just simply they don't have time or they don't think it's gonna get anywhere because they tried once, uploaded a video onto YouTube and it didn't go well. And because of that, they now believe that they just won't do well on YouTube when YouTube is a platform where you have to consistently upload videos to see any type of growth
0: yeah that makes so much sense so the listeners here we are all coaches so you start talking about limiting mm-hmm. beliefs and dissecting that stuff and you you had us at hello we are down <laughs> for dissecting <laughs> limiting
1: That's beliefs awesome jam. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I love that you then connected it to like identify the beliefs distinguish fact from fiction Rewrite the fiction, right? But then also take solvable actions. I don't think that's the term I really mean to use, but like take action to reinforce those new stories that you've written. So you've touched on this a little bit, and I'd love to dig a little bit deeper into like managing expectations. So you mentioned someone uploads a video and it doesn't go well, or if you're on YouTube for the wrong reason, which is growth, you're going to struggle. So what? how can you share average or realistic expectations for someone who's starting a YouTube channel and they want to use it as a tool to sign clients?
1: So when it comes to expectations, I find that when you go in with out the expectations of blowing up, it's a lot easier. Yeah. You know, go in and just base it off of your mission. Like, Who are you trying to reach? What problem are you trying to solve? Because then the growth really doesn't bother you when you know you're getting to that one person or that group of people that do need you. If I were to look at my subscriber count, I would probably think that what I'm doing isn't significant because it's not as big as this YouTube channel. But you just have to look at, you know, who are you helping and who do you need to get to? And with YouTube, a lot of the time, it takes years. And then a channel just blows up. And I know some YouTubers who had previous channels, removed videos from that, started a new channel, and then that channel blew up. And everyone's just like, whoa, like, they just blew up so fast. And they'll show like, I wasn't for like years, I wasn't really getting any audience. And then You know, eventually the algorithm picks up their channel through consistency, and it just takes off and it never stops. For most, in most cases. Okay, so you mentioned subscriber count.
0: Yeah. Okay, so in terms of expectations, we've got consistency. How long? I feel like this is a loaded question, and I already know there isn't really an answer. But I'd just love to hear your thoughts around this concept. Yeah. So like how long does one give their YouTube channel before and what metrics other than subscriber count should they look for in order to determine if they're on the right path?
1: So besides subscriber count, I would morally focus on your reach. Who are you reaching? How are you reaching that audience? How are you titling your videos to make sure that you can get that reach? And market research to make sure that you're seeing if those videos are in demand, because that's eventually going to get your channel up there. You just have to keep consistently look for, you have to just keep consistently looking for, you know, what people are looking for. Because if you're making videos, it's a lot less, it's harder to get in front of, to get the algorithm picking you up because you want to like have videos people are searching, but make it into your own Got it. So for our coaches listening, I'm going to translate
0: this a little bit because Inside the Hive, my coaching program, we start with market research, and really ensuring that our message is not our coachy, coachy, coacherson words, and instead the language of our target audience. So what I hear you saying here is when it comes down to the topics that I choose, but also the keywords and the title of my video, I want to make sure that those titles match the words my target audience would use when they're looking at yes. something up. Got yeah, it. that's exactly it. Okay. So yes, subscriber count is is whatever, but I can also look at my reach. And if I see my reach consistently going up, what that tells me then is that the keywords and the titles I'm using are on track.
1: Yeah, that, that means that they're working and you should continue to use them.
0: Got it. Yeah. So what do you use in order to track client attraction? with your YouTube channel? Like, is there any metric that you track or any funnel that you follow to be able to really tell, yes, this person who just hired me came from my YouTube channel?
1: Yeah. Usually it's those people that like to pick my brain in my DMs. I'll send them like a video and then they're just like, well, I love your channel. And then like, they'll ask me questions like, so, you know, what services do you offer? And then sometimes it's just like, I have like a funnel system where from my YouTube channel, I take them to my private Facebook group. So I have a lot of subscribers in my private Facebook group and I, I sell more inside of a private Facebook group because YouTube yeah, doesn't absolutely. really react well to the sell culture. And then through my Facebook group, people will like join in and they don't have to really have to see me do trainings and stuff to know that I'm legit and what I have to offer is valuable because they're watching my channel. Got it. So you're really just leaning into this
0: experiential marketing and then giving folks somewhere to go to take it further. I love that you use your YouTube channel to, as a platform in the DMs. That's so super smart. Wouldn't it be great if you could just build your business focusing on your strengths? I see too many coaches struggling to fit into a certain mold and they ignore the easy path. So let's put an end to that. What I want you to do is go to dallastravers.com quiz. I have put together a 45 second superpower quiz designed to reveal two things. Number one the very next step in your business, whether that's list building, client attraction, or scaling with a course. And number two, the natural strength you possess to help you accomplish that task. When you get your results, you'll also get a custom built toolkit with actionable items you can put in place right away to finally make this growth path simpler because you're doing what you do best. So the link again is dallastravers.com slash quiz go and check it out and then let me know on Instagram how you scored you. so tell yeah. me what
1: your favorite thing about being a youtuber is my favorite thing about being a youtuber is the creative freedom that comes with it there's so many ways to deliver content and it's fun experimenting with that and you can really be, I'm really multi-passionate I, first <laughs> started YouTube, I think one of my biggest obstacles was picking a niche And when it comes to YouTube content, you could kind of mesh your passions together. Like if you're really good at makeup, you can do your makeup while giving advice. It doesn't have to be you sitting down and doing like a training. You could be doing your training while cooking and, you know, doing your training while also, you know, showing your outfit of the day. There's so many ways to get that message out there. And being multi-passionate, it's just perfect for me.
0: Right. You really love that. So what Mm -hmm. was the process that you went through in order to pick your niche?
1: So for me, I actually have like this um, the signature way of figuring out your niche. I'll share some of uh-huh. it here. So <laughs> you want to first look into what your passions are. You know, what can you talk about forever? What are you good yeah. at? Your talents. And then you want to ask yourself, what problem do you want to see solved in the world, more likely, most likely you're going to really enjoy making content on that thing. I mean, if you're a coach that wants to like bring your brand onto YouTube, your niche would probably be your coaching niche. Mm-hmm. But if you want to like separate that, I would look into your passions, what problem that you really want to solve in the world. And just connecting to that makes it really fun to make YouTube yeah. videos because during yeah. your videos, you're solving that problem yourself.
0: I have a feeling that a lot of the coaches listening might feel worried that like, what am I going to do? Just look into the camera and be a talking head. And what you just inspired for me was, yeah, you can be an expert. If you're a weight loss coach for perimenopausal women, let's let's say I had a conversation with a weight loss coach this morning who just joined the Hive, you could share your expertise. But if you also love macrame, you can be making macrame as you share your expertise. Or if, like you said, if you love makeup, you can apply your makeup as you're teaching. So find a, a different or a, a unique way to deliver your message so that you yes. don't worry, you just sound like everybody else and you're contributing to the noise.
1: Yeah, and then something else I really love about being a YouTuber is it really differentiates myself in the market of coaches because not many people are on YouTube. You know, I take my audience with me to my personal with my personal life. I do my makeup while giving tips. You really get a sense of personally knowing me because I open up a lot on my YouTube channel and in a way that most mm, like professionals don't open up. for a sense of relativity, if that's a word, relatability, you know, so my audience feels like they're not alone in their struggles. Something I'm getting from what you share
0: here is the importance of being like authentically you Mm -hmm. and maybe letting go of, I'm using air quotes here for our listeners, of doing it right and instead really doing it your way because that's how you build the trust.
1: Yeah. I feel like we're in an era where A lot of content that's doing well on YouTube is just authenticity. The more real you are, the better your channel has a chance of growing. I feel like we're in a stage in life where a lot of people are valuing honesty. A lot of people would Mm -hmm. rather watch a TikToker tell it how it is in like, you know, in their PJs and just like no filter than to have someone like you know, try to make it perfect. A lot of people are seeking to be seen and to be heard and to feel like they're not alone in things. And YouTube is a perfect place to do that.
0: Yeah, I hear that. Okay, so for the coach listening, they've explored their limiting beliefs around what's stopped, like what's really stopping them from launching a YouTube channel. If you were to give them like one to three simple getting started steps, what would those steps be? Other than
1: following your YouTube channel and joining your Facebook group to really learn how to do this.
0: How out my tongue (laughs) is.
1: First step is to figure out your niche. Make sure it's something you're actually passionate about. Make sure it's something that you actually enjoy because YouTube is a long haul. YouTube is a journey. It's not a quick win. And you want to, if it's not enjoyable, you're going to end up quitting and ghosting the channel and then it'll all be for nothing. And then my second step to that is really creating a plan with starting your YouTube channel and setting a deadline. Something I personally went through is setting a not having a deadline and saying, you know, like this year I'm gonna start my YouTube channel, this summer I'm gonna start, next summer I'm gonna start. And it wasn't until I actually said, you know what, I'm gonna start the first day of September, put a deadline on it. Then it was more real. Then it was like, okay, let me like get this together. Let me like start these first steps of starting. It's really important to put a deadline because it's really easy to procrastinate starting a YouTube channel because it can. Thinking about it can be overwhelming because, you know, those self-limiting beliefs may come up. So really creating a deadline and also having a plan for that deadline. So if your deadline is by autumn, I'm going to start this YouTube channel, have like a step system, like a step plan on how you're going to do that. Like, what's the first thing you're going to do? When are you going to make your thumbnail? What day are you going to like, not thumbnail, channel banner? <laughs> uh-huh. When are you going to make your channel banner? You know, when are you going to create your intro if you want to intro? When are you going to? Film your first video when you're going to edit your first video, you know, having that plan set out. So when you do start that day that you set that deadline on, it's not so overwhelming to where you feel like you have to do everything at once. And that's what I really help with inside of my programs is making sure like everything is step by step, it flows, it's easy, it's not overwhelming. Because if you just like say by the end of this day, like by the end of this week, I'm going to start a channel, there's a lot that goes into starting a channel, and you just got to dissect it. So once the channel is
0: launched, what is the routine or what is the structure that you follow in order to stay consistent shooting more videos?
1: Great question. I love to sit down and do a content brainstorm at the beginning of the month, well, at the end of the month. So then I know what I'm going to upload for the next month. I'll just like write out like what I personally want to talk about. And then I'll do market research to see what people are looking for. And I'll store the ones that I really want to do. And I'll try to find a way to really title it that goes with the market research. If it's something Mm -hmm. that isn't, you know, being searched, I'll just like rephrase the words. Because sometimes you have to just like tell people You have to lure them in what they want to hear and then really just like tell them what they need to know. So doing the market research, content brainstorming is the first thing that I do. And then the second thing, after doing that, I really like to pick a day out of the week to film batch. And then I pick like a couple days out of a week to video edit for like a couple of hours. Sometimes I'll outsource to a video editor, but for some videos, it's really easy for me to edit it because I've been editing for years and pre-upload sometimes just so I can like have that done in advance and upload twice a week now because I feel like if you upload twice a week, you have like a better shot at growing. Cause like just looking at the, the competition and how the algorithm is working, I feel like a lot of people upload once a week, but to upload twice a week, you give your channel a chance at like accumulating that content. So YouTube can see that you're serious and push your channel out a lot faster.
0: That makes sense. Okay. So carving out time at the end of every month to identify what it is you want to talk about. And then you stack that list of what you want to talk about up against the market research to see like where things align and what you need to change around the messaging so that it's searchable. Then it sounds like you're filming, you said batch. So are you filming eight videos in a day? Like how many videos are you able to do? Oh no, out? I would not.
1: Can you imagine <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> I want to say that I do five videos, but on I do like two videos every session. So I'll record okay. two videos and then, you know, going back to delivery, I've been looking at ways to make delivering content more consistently easier. So I have like other ways of like filming where I don't even have to get in front of a camera. I have like an exclusive podcast only on my YouTube channel. So when it comes Mm -hmm. to that, I can record a lot more and it's not as hot because (laughs) the ring light isn't in my face. And then some of it is just like a voiceover with stock footage. So, you know, just get really creative on like uploading more. You don't have to like always like get in front of the camera and do it a certain way. It could be really easy to film if you just find the way that works for you.
0: That's really helpful because I could see, I think there's this myth. Bat shooting is the only way to do it. And when you bat shoot, you're making like a month's worth of content in half an hour. And that is garbage. <laughs> so it's really professional. <laughs> To hear you share that like not every video you need needs to be face to camera. And realistically, if you can knock out two face to camera videos in a sitting, you're doing really well.
1: Yeah. And, you know, recently I found out like I love my DSLR, but something I really want to like a tip that I really want to give is make the process as easy as you can. Cause the easier to process, the more likely you're going to continue to do it. So if you were to like give yourself that expectation of filming like eight videos in one sitting, you're going to hate it. You're not going to want to be on YouTube. And I feel like some people go into it putting in all this overwhelm and all of this expectation of what it like, how it needs to be done. And then the experience is bad and you just don't want to upload anymore where If you were to look at like, you know, what ways could be easier, you can actually poop out a lot more content. I um, recently found out that I love making videos on my phone and I have like a personal vlog diary where I will vlog to myself and like share moments in my life. And just so I can look back on it. And if I ever want to share those moments with my audience, I can least like pull into it and like put it in a piece of content. A lot of the time I'm doing my diary vlog, I'll find areas that I didn't even realize were really great to film. I like I was doing my vlog, my diary vlog and doing my makeup. And it was when I was doing that, I realized, why don't I just do this for YouTube? And it's the easiest way to film because I'm getting ready and I'm talking and it actually does the best. Like It's a way for my audience to get to know me more. And it's just like a laid back style, but It's so easy to just like put my camera up and just like talk to them like they're my friends instead of getting the DSLR, getting the ring light, getting my mic. Okay. So I think what I'm
0: hearing you say is authenticity and consistency matter way more than your professional setup.
1: Yeah. I think it does a lot better on YouTube. Once your channel takes off, I think that's more appreciated right now it's yeah. just being real. A lot of people crave more realness. They want to know like the real inside scoop. They don't want to just like, I mean, those videos are helpful when you're like being professional, but I think a lot of people are craving to just feel like they're talking to their friend. Like they, mm-hmm. you know, that's what really garners trust when it comes to know, like, and trust. It's just like feeling like, you know, there's no facade put up and like, it's not just like about educating. It's about us being together and like, you know, chatting about it.
0: Yeah, totally. Do you ever worry that I know I, I get this concern expressed to me often. Do you ever no. worry about like giving too much away on your YouTube channel and then why would anyone ever want to get into my programs cuz if they can just binge my YouTube content?
1: No. I did in the beginning when I first started coaching. But what I realized is, you know, when it comes to YouTube, I do give out all my secrets on my YouTube channel. But in terms of support and having that step-by-step, that's, that's what you're getting in my programs. It's not overwhelming. You don't have to like search through my YouTube videos to try to find the answers. It's like everything is given to you step-by-step. You get my support. You can ask questions versus on my YouTube channel. It's just like I'm just like throwing out content and you just got to put everything together. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think often what our clients and students invest
0: in is the container. Yeah, right, is the support and is the ease right? So you you nailed it there. Oh, yeah. I think I just might launch a YouTube channel, Malaysia. I I'm here for it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We have linked to you. all of your places in the show notes. So I want to encourage everybody to connect with Malaysia. Send her a DM and then she will send you a YouTube video that answers your question. And then yes. you can be in <laughs> her world.
1: <laughs> Another great thing is like sometimes I'll get questions and I'll think to myself, I didn't make a video, but I'm going to make a video. (laughs) It's just so many benefits. Like now you have ideas. I get like ideas from my Facebook group. Like they'll like share what they're struggling with. And it's like, that's a great way to make content. It's just to see what your clients need and like what your leads are asking.
0: Yep, completely. Such a great idea. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. This was, like I said at the top, this meeting was a long time coming and it definitely was (laughs) worth the wait. Thank you for inspiring us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Go start that YouTube channel. Thank you so much for tuning in to Coaches on a Mission. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, follow, rate, and review. Do all of the things (laughs) to show your support for this show. It is so helpful for us and it also helps other coaches find this show. If you want to take this episode further, please follow me on Instagram. I'm Dallas Travers Biz Mentor, and every week I turn our episode into a week-long mini course on my Instagram page. It's designed to help you apply what we talk about during the episode to your business in a super tangible way. So